Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle, and this is the Spooky Hour. Dude, I cannot wait to like Friday the 13th. I don't even think we get one until August. I think that's the only one. Wait, really? Yeah. That far? Hold on. Yeah. I'm opening the calendar. I don't know why that made me think of Friday the 13th, but it did. Oh my god, it is. Fuck. Yeah. Because Friday the 13th is like a little, it's not like mini Halloween, but it's like, it's like just a mini the tip Halloween. of Halloween. Yeah. yeah, it's a mini Halloween without costumes. Yeah, it like feels spooky. I love when it just so happens to be foggy on Friday yeah. the 13th. We had one, I can't remember, it was within last, I think it was last year, the one, or maybe the year before that, and um, it was like, we, me and Stuart watched like Friday the 13th as per usual. And, um, but we had a thunderstorm Ooh. and it was like so spooky and Did you have great. candles. Yeah. Candles. Yes. And we got cool videos of like the lightning going off and then you see Kylo's yes. like reflection. It was sick. <laughs> that was so cool. That sounds like the perfect Friday the 13th. Yeah. I've always wanted to get like a Friday the 13th flash tattoo, but I always work because <laughs> it's a Friday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a fucking nine to fiver. <laughs> You know, one day fun. i will get it one day i will just so happen just, to remember to book a vacation day i was like yeah just plan in advance yeah that's it i've, I've got no banter i got Wait, some you funny do, yeah funny banter um so as i think i've said this before i live in a town home but i live on like the end unit so if you're facing my house i'm the end unit and then my neighbors are to the right of me but to the right of them has been like the an empty house like no one's lived in this place since i moved in and apparently it's been about like five or six years that this place has been vacant. So the person passed away and they had issues with their will and blah, blah, blah. Now they're selling it. So I guess they got all, all sorted. <laughs> so it's up for sale now. So people have been like going nuts, coming to see the house. <laughs> and I think, you know, like the only thing I can think of is like the Step Brothers movie. Or uh, what's the one with Zac Efron? I think it's literally called Bad uh, Neighbors. Neighbor, bad Neighbors, <laughs> literally. So, and that's just Kylo. So... <laughs> We were out on the deck yesterday and they had like this family out in the backyard. So my neighbors don't want fences up. So like on their side with this house that's being sold, there's no fence. Yeah. But on our side, the people before us. Yeah. I don't even get me started on that. They um, um, put the fence on our property line so the fence could go up. So thankfully we have a fence. But um, so they don't have a fence. So they're like wandering the backyard and we're on the deck like playing cards and Kylo's just like awkwardly staring at these people <laughs> and the people look up and they're like hi puppy and Kylo doesn't do anything she just stares like the grumpiest like husky face you could possibly Get think the of fuck out of my neighborhood <laughs> she's like who the fuck are you guys and then today some I don't know if it was the realtor or like some new person coming to see the house but Stuart had her out in the field across the street and she was doing her business and so Stuart was picking up her business <laughs> And, <laughs> and as he was doing that she saw this person and she got really excited because kylo loves people she apps she's the nicest dog when it comes to people yeah so she got excited and the person was like right there so she went to go pull to say hi and Stuart didn't have a grip on her leash so he dropped it and so she like started going but the thing with kylo is she doesn't listen to us unless we're in like dad and mom <laughs> voice. So when we yell at her to wait, it sounds like she's like evil, like she's a mean dog because we're yeah. like yelling at her so aggressively. Yeah. She just doesn't fucking listen. So, <laughs> so Stuart's like, Kyla, wait, in his like dad voice. So she waited and the girl got like scared. I'm like, Kylo's not a full grown husky. Like she's not like the like mini. Dog. Yeah. yeah. She's like a mi- she's a mix of something. And, um, so she waited and Stuart got her and they went across the street and Kyla wanted to say hi. So she's like howling and like speaking and the girl was just like <laughs> terrified of Kylo and the Kylo's tail's wagging. She's being all happy and uh, Stuart comes back inside and he's like, so I know who's not buying the fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> and I was We're like, trying to, we don't want neighbors. Let's just leave it open. You know, <laughs> Screw it. It's been nice and Actually, quiet. Actually, the goal is to get them to lower the listing price so I can afford it, and then we yeah. can be neighbors. Exactly. That's the goal. <laughs> can you imagine? I think that my neighbors, if we had... The whole neighborhood the side, would clear out. Let's be it, serious. They would. They would. <laughs> but, like, it just reminded me of, like, the Step Brothers movie, and, like, and, like yeah. it's just Kylo. I was telling Danielle, uh, my neighbors, we share a driveway, and, like, the houses are really close together. I, I hate where I live. Um... 
and they were trying to rent out their house and um my dog greets people very loudly uh, I mean, he too loves newfie. people. He's a newfie, so he's got a very loud, deep bark. And even him saying hello sounds like, hi, I'm going to eat your fucking face. Yeah. Like, he sounds scary. I get it. Uh, so after, I think, like, God, there were so many viewings. Like, they did it, like, three weekends in a row there was viewings. Um, so the owner has now moved back from North Bay and is renovating the house to try to sell it because no one wanted to live next to us. <laughs> <laughs> Our dogs are, like they're the worst i don't even feel bad okay, yeah whatever. i feel like a little bit bad but whatever, whatever. i hope he has fun renovating that's it <laughs> yeah. and then you're out of there by the time they sell it so it's fine god everybody like prayer circle good vibes whatever the fuck i want a house let's do this let's manifest everybody let's do it. <laughs> help Just, holly <laughs> you're gonna go look at a house and it's gonna be like the same situation like whoever buys the fucking house that's being sold right now is and if they don't like dogs you're fucked because there's us there's so many dogs on that street right next door not so it's us my neighbor the empty house and then right next door that person has three dogs (laughs) so if you're moving there um, you better like dogs we have beagles that live like two streets behind us but i don't know if you know this about beagles they are quite fucking loud they're so funny i love them they go back and forth with my dog they're like just they like, talk, like from other. like two streets over yeah because they're all the loud boys and we've yeah. got like we've got saint bernard's in the area too like so when they start going like you can hear them from like blocks around it's like you better love dogs yeah you better that's it <laughs> i love it i think it's so funny i'm like oh which friend is that rupert like <laughs> but it's kind of sad that that was like the most exciting thing that's happened to me this god week. isn't that fucking terrible mm-hmm. um hopefully we're on uh, an upswing because we're we're in stage two which is like not a yeah. color not level God, we're a stage now i don't even know we're what like, the fuck we are i don't know what's happening i don't know what that means but apparently it means it's better i just so- know the numbers are being lowered there's not as many people in the icu vaccines are being moved up which is really yeah. cool all Stuart of our appointments got moved week. up yeah it's exciting that's that's it though yeah <laughs> i guess we'll just get spooky let's just get spooky let's um, do it so today we're going to talk about the Menger Hotel. Uh, so this hotel is one of the oldest hotels and can be found in San Antonio, Texas. I feel like I go to a lot of Texas places, but like, I love Texas doesn't have a very good reputation. I know. You guys are just like haunted as fuck. <laughs> um, so William Menger was a German immigrant that moved to San Antonio in the 1840s. He landed the site where like he and his partner, Charles Philip Deegan, built and they opened like a brewery together. Um, And it was called Weston Brewery. So this brewery was the largest operating one in Texas and was like the first one built there too. So they kind of like, I'm sure they had a lot of fucking money. Um, (laughs) uh, So William ended up meeting Mary Genther, who operated a boarding house that was like just adjacent to this brewery. Uh, So William and Mary ended up getting married and decided to turn this like boarding house into like a hotel. So they named it the Menger Hotel. So now this hotel slash brewery was like built on the site of one of the bloodiest battles in Texas history, the Battle of Almano. I forgot to look up that word. (laughs) Almano, whatever. It works. Alamo. Alamo, right? Yeah, that's it. That's a movie. (laughs) The Battle of Alamo. Yeah. That sounds correct. That's exactly what I said. I don't know what you're talking about. The professionalism. Um, (laughs) We're so good at this. Yeah. Uh, So it had something to do with, like, Texans wanted their freedom from, like, Mexico. And it basically didn't end well. And the Texans that were fighting for, like, their independence, they all died. So they didn't do that great. Um, So the hotel opened to the public in February 1859. And there was such, like, a big success with this hotel that William had built, like, this long cellar. Wow. This long cellar that was, like almost like a tunnel that went from the hotel to the brewery um he would offer tours yeah it's so smart he would offer tours and they would be like lead through this tunnel um which again like smart as fuck go to a hotel then do a brewery tour and like it's all in the same spot so smart that's like when we went to niagara falls the hotel we stayed at gave us coupons for like a free beer tasting oh yeah it was a little bit of a walk it was not quite as cool as the tunnel but it was still really cool yeah i had fun so fucking i can't wait it. to do th- stuff like that again oh my god same i just need i just need to get out i just want to drink you know <laughs> right i want like an endless sangria oh my god a party or a partio yeah a partio a patio fucking what is it the mint one oh my god help me that's, been, that's how long it's been mojito yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
that's what i want that's oh sounds so good um you've picked a really bad episode this week didn't you <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i just um, want to drink now yeah and it's like downpouring right now so it makes me want to have like mulled wine Ooh. like i'm constantly in a christmas mood so like give me some mulled wine right now so yeah nice I, i'm 100 with you yeah um so there was obviously expansions done to this hotel and it started out as like a 50 room hotel but expanded to 90 uh with the civil war happening the hotel lost a lot of business and william and mary decided to close the hotel down and open it up as like a a hotel to help or not a hotel kind of like a makeshift hospital to help wounded soldiers oh, okay so a lot of people died on the walls of the Mendra Hotel during this time. This time. I think I said dime. <laughs> this dime. Um, so William Mender also ended up passing away in the hotel in 1871. So his death is not known, like, the cause of it. Apparently he was ill, but there was never, like, an autopsy done. So it's not determined the cause of his death. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure he was only around, like, 50 or 60 years old. Because when he arrived in Texas um, from German... German? Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> so when he... Uh, <laughs> I my brain is not here today. <laughs> so when he arrived in Texas from Germany um, in the 1840s, I think he was only like 22 years old. So he wasn't that okay. old when he died. Yeah. Um, so Mary kept the hotel and the brewery running after William's death, and there wasn't too much like change to it. She did more updates. Um, she added its own like gas source to the hotel. Uh, their son refused to inherit the hotel, so she ended up selling it to Major J H Campman camp man camp man who was actually the original contractor so he actually helped build um and like really cool last name yeah right it's camping superhero right (laughs) girls the best it's spelled with a k too not a c who was banging i don't know god knows that was ghostly um so he ended up doing his own upgrades to the place uh or sorry to the place including like a new bar which like mimicked the house of house of lots club bar which is like in london it's supposed to be like this fancy fancy bar so they literally like it looks exactly the same so he did a lot of like modern touches at that point yeah um so in the 1980s the menger hotel was given a historic marker and nine years later it was listed on the national trust for historic preservation um so there has been some very famous um faces to walk the halls of this hotel and some of those spirits like those people have not left and they've stayed as spirits um so depending on who you talk to people say there's between 32 and 45 spirits at this hotel it's a very specific number yeah very and these aren't just like your random spirits you see in the hallways um people have reported like their beds levitating off the floor oh cool yeah Yeah, great (laughs) like it's i would like hate that because i get like seasick (laughs) so like she just pukes over the side of the bed yeah i'd be so annoyed Uh, So smoke showing up randomly in like non-smoking rooms and it smells like cigar smoke. Uh, People have seen faces appear beside them in mirrors, which I don't ever like. No. Do you remember when we tried to do that here? (laughs) Oh my God, yes. And you were like, nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope, nope. I fucking, it's the worst thing ever. I freak myself out. I need Stuart to make that into like a ringtone for me. Do people still do ringtones? Is that still a thing? (laughs) I just have the nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Yeah. I can make him do it do and it you can get your own ringtone it'll be great amazing um i just so, aged us so so you did by saying ringtone <laughs> remember when you used to buy the ringtones for like 50 yep. cents and they yep. would only be like 30 seconds long i remember mine was the, the fucking circle of life from the lion king of course it was and it always went off at the most inconvenient moments we're dating ourselves again we are i never bought one because i didn't have money but i did not have 50 <laughs> cents to spend so um so this hotel is like extremely active and it's said that if you visit you're guaranteed to witness at least something so these spirits aren't shy they'll they're known to be here um so some spirits that have been said to be wandering these halls in regards to being like famous is uh teddy roosevelt so yeah okay yeah so apparently teddy loved the menger hotel and visited frequently um for those that don't know i'm pretty sure everyone does but he was one of the presidents of the us of a um (laughs) Someone's going to fucking punch me one day for saying it like that. <laughs> um, so Teddy is one of the most seen spirits at the hotel. He's been known to frequent the bar. Casual. I would also be found at the bar too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the staff at the hotel say um, when they like close up at night, there's always a man near the bar. Um, he's very translucent and never moves. He's like as stiff as a board. And it's Teddy. Um <laughs> 
However, <laughs> Teddy doesn't like to just like stare into the dark abyss at the bar. He's also known to try to start conversations with people at the bar too. Uh, some people who have actually spoken to him have said he looks like just extremely real, but like translucent. Like That's it's so weird. Almost like, like it's like people like Danielle like, in the winter without a tan. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am every, every time someone asks me what like my skin what they think my skin tone is i always say translucent because i'm <laughs> like it's brutal um ivory is too tan for her <laughs> yeah like you know the ivory makeup you can get it makes me look orange <laughs> oh my god what was the one called i'll have to find the name of it and you're gonna fucking piss yourself because it was like it, what are the dolls the names of the porcelain dolls? porcelain yeah <laughs> so it was porcelain and it was like the lightest foundation shade you can go and i bought it and i was like well this probably makes sense and i put it on and i was orange so amazing yeah so translucent so i get you it, just Teddy. need like the the clear powder stuff you know the like the sheer powder yeah it's like not colored it's just a powder it's just that's all i need <laughs> I'm, I'm way too white uh, um so I, I get it, Teddy. I'm the same. <laughs> um, but he'll, like, start talking, and it's like he's trying to convince the person to join his, like, Rough Riders group. Oh, my gosh. Um, so he talks about, yeah, talks about, like, war tactics and stuff. So now Teddy isn't, like, a violent spirit in any means. He just kind of sits at the bar and stares rudely at everyone. That's about it. Um, I feel like I that's my goal in life. If I was a ghost. Just, like, chilling at the bar. The bar. Yeah. yeah. And just stare. I'll be like Kylo. Just stare at people. Yeah. <laughs> So there is a ghost of Sally White. So apparently Sally worked at the Mendra Hotel in the 19th century. Um, she said she well, she was happy-go-lucky person while at work. However, was like com- kind of like completely different at home. Um, her husband, they weren't married, so they were just like common law. So her partner, yeah. um, Harry Wheeler, apparently he was like a total douche and always had like <laughs> a jealous rage arguments with Sally. Um, so some of these arguments like filtered into her work like took place there so one night they had a huge argument and things escalated to the level where harry was like i'm gonna kill you oh yeah so sally like ended up escaping to the police station where they let her stay in the courthouse overnight so the cops visited harry but they found no weapon in his home and apparently couldn't arrest him but like he made like a death threat and had a weapon and had and but they didn't find a weapon so they like, can't do anything but like Oh, they didn't find a weapon. They didn't find a weapon. Oh, I thought they did. Okay, sorry. No, they didn't. Um, So no weapon found, but death threats, so they couldn't do anything. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, So the next day, Sally went home to grab some stuff uh, before she went to work, and Harry waited for her. He ended up chasing her out of the house and catching up, like, to her. Uh, He put one bullet into her lower abdomen and then one into her spine. Sally died two days later in hospital. Now, Mary Menger, like, the hotel owner um loved sally and decided to pay for her funeral so sally died in 1876 and the original receipt from like the funeral is currently on display in the hotel oh that's crazy yeah um do you know how much it was uh i think it ended up being like like two thousand dollars and then they paid imagine yeah they paid like 200 bucks for her grave and then like seven dollars for her coffin or something like that or a casket, I should say. Oh my god, that's yeah. insane! Now it's Dude, like thirty grand. <laughs> it's like thirty grand. Yeah, we got so we did. We got like everything you could get, pretty much, except the limos. But we got like the cheapest level, and it it was like over twenty k. Yeah, just to put someone in the ground. Yeah, it's insane. nuts to me. It's nuts. Harry ended up like not was never like found. Like he kind of took off after he killed her. Um, so he was never caught, unfortunately, and was never arrested for her murder. Um, so Sally is still seen at the Menger Hotel and quite often, especially on the third floor. Uh, so she was like a, a maid at the mm-hmm. hotel. So she's been seen like still working away, like carrying towels and bed sheets. Um, Sally also doesn't like doors. So she's been like seen walking through walls with ease. Um, she just I mean, doesn't if like doors. <laughs> she's carrying all this shit. She doesn't need to open doors. It's fine. Um, so one person who stayed at the hotel said she had just got out of the shower to find Sally's spirit in her room folding sheets at the bottom of her bed. That's, like, kind of sweet, kind yeah. of. Like, Apparently she's not, like... But also, I'd like, shit myself. <laughs> yeah, I would fucking freak out. But, like, she's just, like, that's all she does is she just, like, continues to do her job. She just, like, and is stuck it. in her, her previous like a, life. Yeah, I find, like, a lot of these spirits in this hotel are stuck on a loop. Yeah. And I can't remember... 
I can't remember if it was like Supernatural or a movie or something I watched, but it it literally was a ghost that was living in a loop, and uh, it, it's like almost sad. Yeah. I mean, if they seem happy, I guess maybe it's not sad. But to me, it's sad. I mean, we kind of are living in a loop right now. So yeah. I know how it feels. We're like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, so the next spirit is Captain Richard King. Um, he's also said to haunt these halls of the Mendra Hotel. So Richard's family was extremely poor. Um, they were like an Irish family and opted to sell Richard when he was a kid to be like a servant. Um, as oh. they could afford to like provide for yeah. him. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they thought they were giving him a better life. So um, so he was bought by a jeweler in New York City. Um, so that's where he grew up. So once he was able to, he ended up leaving and traveled um, to the Mississippi River, where he ended up found, like founding um, a steamboat company. Um, it was pretty successful, and he bought some land in Texas after visiting there, and he opened King Ranch, which was kind of just like a cattle farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he stayed at the Mendra Hotel often on business, and because he... Um, because of this, he always got this suite located on the second floor. So he loved this room and hotel so much that when he got sick with stomach cancer, he wanted to die in this suite. Like that was his request was, I want to die here. I have never loved a hotel room that much. I was going to say like, what kind of like life do you live where you are like obsessed (laughs) with this hotel room? Like I've had a lot of fun in hotel rooms. I've stayed in some pretty cool ones. The one we stayed in Niagara Falls was hilarious. We got like the bunk beds. The bunk beds. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed in one for work once, and it looked like the Titanic on the inside. You know, the couch that she yeah. like gets, it, it had, like, that. It had two fireplaces. But, like, I wouldn't want to die there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, mm, this guy did. Apparently, this suite for, was fucking unreal. Glad he found his happy place. Right? Um, so he did. He ended up dying in this suite on April 14th, 1885. Um, his funeral was also at the hotel in the lobby. And as you guessed it, Richard King is seen on the second floor suite all the time. Uh, the room was actually named after him. So if you want to book it, it's called King Ranch Suite. Uh, apparently the bed in the room is the exact same bed he died on. Like, I'm sure they changed the mattress, but like the bed frame is the same. Ugh. So no wonder like, he's fucking haunting. I know it's like haunting. perfectly clean and all that stuff. And no. it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Like in like 1885, like how is it not broken yet? Like <laughs> <laughs> some good solid wood, man. Yeah. Apparently. Ain't um, no Ikea furniture. <laughs> You replace it every two years. <laughs> uh, if you stay in this room, it apparently like feels like you're being watched. And he is known to stand over you while you sleep. So it's probably why you feel like you're being watched. Um, so the blinds on the windows will open and close at random times. If you put Holly in the room, they'll just break. So it's fine. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Did you write that in there? <laughs> Maybe. I like. I literally wrote in brackets because I didn't have a joke at the time. In brackets, it just says, insert blind Holly joke here. <laughs> It was one time, tw- two times. It was not one time, first <laughs> off. Two times. Two times. Um, so Richard is known to stomp around the room as well. So you'll just hear like random like heavy foot like stomps while trying to sleep. Like I'd fucking fight this guy. Absolutely. Um, like one, he's staring at you while you sleep and then he stomp- has like, the nerve to stomp around. <laughs> like get out of here. Um, there is also this like weird like red orb that like kind of like dances around and it's only ever seen just on the outside of the like the suite's door or inside the room it's mm-hmm. never seen anywhere else in the hotel so people aren't sure what it is like if it's richard or like something or someone else but it's seen there a lot and it's like just it's a red richard. orb probably or what That's if cool it's like colored though i wonder if he like you know how like some people report he's like smelling like cigar smoke yeah what if it's like the tip of a cigar oh that's kind of smart that'd be kind of creepy i like that i don't know yeah. if he smoked cigars but like you never know Twas the time everybody smoked cigars back then so gross <laughs> uh, um, i smoke them at weddings when they're free <laughs> when they're free yeah. i wouldn't even i can't even do that it's like it's weird when you're drinking it's like nice when you're drinking but mm-hmm. then like the next morning i'm like yeah it's so gross (laughs) phlegmy and like dry and so gross Stuart's the same way but i'm just like my my both my parents smoke so i've seen the downfall of it and i'm not yeah i'm not going into that yeah um so now those are like kind of like the three i want to say famous spirits that are quite seen in the hotel like they're seen so often um but the hotel was built in the 1840s and obviously was a makeshift hospital at one point so it's seen a lot of shit including many Mm. murders and even suicides in 1890, an insurance agent walked into the bar at the Mendra Hotel and shot a guy named Jim Drapper. 
like right at the bar so there was never a reason as to why he did this but he did it like he never said why in 1903 a guy who was around 26 years old he was extremely ill uh unfortunately i couldn't find out what his name was but this is just the legend behind his story um but he was like a mail-in like key clerk he visited san antonio as like someone said that he should go there because there might be like some type of medicine he needed to like get better from whatever he Mm -hmm. was suffering with and um so he stayed at the Menger Hotel when he realized he actually was not getting better and just decided to take his own life in one of the hotel rooms. Uh, he ended up slitting his own throat. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that, though. I, that's like that's dark. pure commitment. Yeah, that's you know? dark. Yeah. Um, so now these two spirits have been seen in the hotel, and they aren't as calm and collected as like the other spirits. They've been known to... like play their moments in the hotel like over and over again so Mm. people have reported seeing a spirit walk into a bar carrying a revolver then hold it up and like disappear um and he just does that repeatedly repeatedly yeah um and i'm sure you can guess the last moments of that 26 year old's life in this hotel room um and like what people see in their rooms yeah oh god yeah so again as i said there's um lots of spirits that have been seen and heard in this hotel as I said before, between like thirty-ish to forty-five spirits haunt the ho- the halls of the Menger Hotel. So it's popping, is what we're saying. It's extremely <laughs> popping. So yeah, that's that hotel. Added that one to the bucket list. That was that was kind of creepy. <laughs> I don't like the the last part. You like saved the creepiest part for last. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's like a normal thing for me to do now. You just yeah no because was it two episodes ago where you were like oh this really cute ghost is really nice and just wants to be everybody's friend and then this one like this murder one's scary yeah <laughs> this one's gonna kill you i forget what one it was i f- feel like it was like a little girl glo- ghost little girl ghost that was like really sweet and nice that was my ac kicking off <laughs> was that what that was yeah i thought it was kylo no we changed like the little flap thing in the, the air vent so yeah. it's like it gets stuck now when it turns That's off so funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever but yeah, we're adding that one to the fucking road trip bucket yeah. list. That's for sure. It's just kind of cool that like Teddy's there. Like, just yeah, it's like a bar. famous ghost. Yeah. You haven't really done many. I guess you we did the Viper Room that had famous ghosties, but there's never, you, you should do one where it's like a celebrity ghost. Does that exist? I don't know. We're going to have to look it up now. Like, does Marilyn Monroe haunt something? You know? Have you seen those? This is totally, well, it's not off topic, but I've like randomly see these like instagram videos of this girl that bought marilyn monroe's home oh the one that like tries to look like her her. stuff yeah Yeah. and like but she says that house is haunted by marilyn monroe oh i believe it i would like to see that yeah that girl that girl wears me out a little bit though her voice is the most (laughs) she makes me uncomfortable yeah but i would like to visit her house i'm glad you've seen it because like i'm like yeah no i totally know what you're talking about yeah pops up but now she's pregnant so that's my last update on her (laughs) congrats congrats (laughs) um i guess we'll get into murder i actually have a murder this week um you're not gonna throw us for a loop <laughs> well i am because mm. it's uh it's i actually wrote here that it's like one of the most like twisty cases i've ever heard of not in that it's like really gross and like graphic but just like it's like a soap opera there's so many different little plot lines and everything and it almost seems fake but it's not so today we're gonna I was like talk- are we watching passions <laughs> literally oh my god that was my favorite same oh, timmy's, timmy's the down well. the well <laughs> <laughs> Um, so today we're going to talk about the murder of Donna Winger. So Donna and Mark Winger seem like the perfect couple, as they all do. Uh, their friends and family described them as a perfect match, and everybody was elated when they announced their engagement in 1988. Mark was a nuclear engineer, and Donna was an operating room technician, so they were kind of a power couple. I was going to say, um, damn. Good for them. Yeah. Um, they, apparently their their wedding was like bumping. Um, so after the wedding, the couple decided to try for a child, but unfortunately they struggled and learned that Donna would most likely not be able to conceive one of her own. Um, so this ended up strengthening the couple's bond. And in 1995, six years into their marriage, they became parents to an adopted baby girl named Bailey. Uh, I watched a documentary on this case and the documentary had footage of the moment they met their little girl and Donna just looked like so overwhelmed she couldn't even speak like she just had her mouth open the whole time she was just like oh i finally have a baby Uh, it was really cute um and unfortunately the rest of the story isn't as cute but i just wanted to note that she was like really fucking excited to have a little baby girl um so the two settled nicely into parenthood and it seemed as though they were finally going to be the happy family that they had always dreamed of becoming 
um, except they're on the spooky hour. So just three months after they welcomed Bailey to the family, Donna took off on a trip to Florida to introduce the baby to her parents. It was a wonderful vacation, but the trip home left Donna feeling uneasy. She used like a one of those airport ride services to take her from the airport to her house, uh, but the driver made her like really uncomfortable on the drive. Donna claimed that he began Hmm. talking about orgies and his, like, sexual interests, including, like, BDSM and stuff, and asked if she would attend one of these orgies with him. I'd be like, can you pull Uh, over? I'll walk. She literally had a baby on her lap, like, read the room. Yeah. Um, When she didn't, like, reply or feed into this, the driver told her that he heard voices in his head that would tell him to kill. Uh, Donna was surely shaken by the time she got home. So uh, her and Mark decided to call the company and file a formal complaint. Uh, The shuttle company determined that the driver was a man named Roger Harrington, and they fired him immediately for his conduct. The wingers thought all was well until they started receiving strange phone calls. Donna believed that Roger was stalking her, and the couple lived in fear for the next few days. That's fucking terrifying. What the fuck? Yeah. Um just wait um on august 29th 1995 mark was working out in the basement when he heard a loud thud from upstairs he claims he ran upstairs and grabbed his gun just in case when he got to the hallway he saw his wife on her knees with a man standing over top of her bludgeoning her with a hammer holy fuck yeah without thinking he shot the man mark told investigators he he shot the man just once in the head and that the men the men the man fell backwards with his feet pointing towards donna this is important remember this um mark called 911 and the call is just brutal you can hear the intruder like making noises in the background i don't want to get into too much detail was he like gargling on yeah danielle's like i'll get into detail i'll get into details Um, the, the 911 call is available online if you want to hear it. It's quite brutal. He describes the scene and it's, um, there was 0% that Donna was going to survive. Um, that's all I'm going to say. So how old was their, um, uh, their adopted daughter by this time? Three months old. Three. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. So, um, at one point, uh, Mark hangs up on the operator saying that he needed to go be with his wife. So police dispatch called Mark back to try to get more details, but Mark put the phone down saying he needed to hold his dying wife. It's actually really brutal to listen to. Um, and even more so later. Um, so the man was pronounced dead on his way to the hospital while Donna passed several hours later in the operating room. Police were questioning Mark and they asked if he knew who the man was. Mark said he had no idea. He just shot him and went to his wife. Police revealed that the man Mark had killed was Roger Harrington, Donna's alleged stalker. The 27-year-old man died from two gunshot wounds to the head. I thought it was only one. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mark was released without charges as he shot in self-defense. And Donna's family flew in to help Mark with his transition into single parenting. And the family attempted to make sense of this horrific tragedy together. So they apparently all really bonded this time. They, like, moved in with Mark. And it was, like, a really nice moment. They were all helping to raise the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, Roger's friends and family were also trying to make sense of things. Did you hear that? Okay, I heard, like, a buzz. But I thought it was just, like, my headphones doing a thing. There was, like, a massive bang in front of me. And it actually, like, I don't know if you saw, but I fucking jumped. I, was I like, heard like a weird buzz. No, it was like a bang. It like sounded like something moved. Okay, go on. That scared the fuck. I don't actually... share a wall, so that's. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm facing the path right now. We're both going to die today. That's apparently fine. that's that was terrifying. Um, so Roger's friends and family were also trying to make sense of things on their end. Uh, they claimed that Roger would never do this. And he was actually looking into reaching out to Donna to apologize for the misunderstanding on the ride. Um, I don't know how you misunderstand orgies and voices, but apparently it was all just a misunderstanding. While she's Um, holding a child. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. We'll let them have this story. Um, So, in fact, Roger's roommate alleges that he got a phone call that day from a man that Roger seemed very excited about. Roger told his roommate that he was off to the man's house for a talk. Roger's mother and sisters would call the detectives repeatedly, begging them to take a second look at the, the closed case. Little did they know, one of the detectives already had his own doubts. Detective Doug Williamson was on the scene the day of the murder. And he noted that there was no signs of forced entry in the home. He found it odd considering how violent the crime scene was. Um, If Roger was a dangerous threat, why did it appear as though Donna willingly let him into their home? 
So the detective brought this up to his superiors, but they brushed it off and the case remained closed. A few months later, Mark made a visit to the police department where he spoke to a Detective Cox, who was also on the scene that day. Uh, The detective thought it was odd, but Mark came by because he wanted his gun back from the evidence locker. Uh, Detective Cox released it. I apparently because he just gave it to him. (laughs) I didn't know that you could get it back, but I guess because the case was closed, right? Oh, yeah, true. Okay. I don't know um, how it works. So the detective gave his gun back. But he used it as an excuse to, like, chat with Mark for about half an hour just to see, like, why he was really there kind of thing. Um, Mark asked how the case was going, and the detective reminded him that it was closed and there was no investigation currently happening. So, like, why is he so caught up on, like, it if he know he should know it's closed? Yep, he sure should. Um Detective Cox alleges that Mark came by for another visit a few weeks later. Uh, Mark denies this visit, though. So the the detective says this time that Mark came to bring the department some good news. The grieving widow had just proposed to the nanny he had hired for his daughter just five months after Donna's death. What the... Hmm. <laughs> Detective Cox remembered that his partner Williamson also had a strange feeling about the case. He decided in that moment that he too wanted the case reopened. The pair worked for three years against their higher ups to convince them to open it back up. In their boss's eyes, it was an open and shut case. Weird, creepy stalker breaks in, kills wife, husband shoots stalker to try to save his wife. The end. But Mark husband kept gets married five visits. months. Or- Gets yep. engaged five months later to some apparently <laughs> random human being. So, yeah, Mark kept coming in for random visits. And every time he came, everyone's like, okay, this is getting fucking weird at yeah. this point. Um, so he asked too many questions, especially considering the case was closed. He also seemed way too happy in his new life. So he had married the nanny, Rebecca, and had two more children with her. Rebecca even adopted Bailey as her own, too. But when this happened... Why is she, uh, like, okay with that? Like, what the fuck? yeah she she was very blindsided and i i I feel bad for her a little bit but we'll get to her in a minute okay um when the adoption went through mark called donna's family to tell them they were no longer welcome in bailey's life keep in mind they had helped him raise that baby after donna died um like called themselves grandma and grandpa like did the damn thing and he was like um you can't see her anymore uh, it was a devastating blow to them, especially considering all that they did. Um, and it's really sad to watch a documentary where the, the grandma talks about it. She's like, I still keep her picture on my counter and everything. And I'm like, fuck Mark, man. Um, as fishy as Mark smelled, investigators refused to reopen the case until a bombshell was dropped on all of them. Deanne Schultz, who was a friend of the wingers, uh, her and her husband often like took vacations with the couple, had dinner parties. They were like besties. Uh, I pictured very like us vibes but like i would never do this to you okay. <laughs> um, deanne was struggling with her mental health in her uh, in the years following donna's death uh to those that knew her it would appear that she was taking the loss of her friend very hard but deanne revealed the real reason behind her struggles while in therapy one day she told her therapist in confidence that she knew 1000 percent that mark winger had murdered both donna and roger himself and it was all a plan to get donna out of the picture so that he may continue his relationship with deanne the two had been having an affair since 1995. What it started fuck? just months before Donna's murder. She had kept the secret for all of those years and it had eaten her alive and destroyed her mental health. She told her therapist she was afraid of what Mark would do if she came forward. But with lots of work, her therapist helped her into the police station where she shared her story with them. She told police that Mark yes said it would... Yes to your therapist. Good job. <laughs> yeah, no, they did a really great job. Uh, she told police that Mark said it would be, quote, easier for them if Donna just died. And that he asked her if she would be interested in plotting out her death. He even mentioned that the creepy driver had a great timing because he could just pin the whole thing on him. Uh, That's Deanne so wanted... sadistic. Isn't it fucked? That's fucked. Uh, Deanne wanted nothing to do with this, and she shut down the conversation at this point. She didn't think he was serious. Uh, she actually still, still, she actually still didn't think he did it uh, when she found out about the murder. It wasn't until the day of the funeral when Mark pulled her aside when she finally realized what had happened. Mark took her in a room away from the friends and family and said it was hard, but he quote did this for us. Uh, wow. Deanne 
claims that she was horrified and in a state of shock, but she continued her affair for several months until Mark called her one day and just said, it's over. She found out about the nanny a little while after this, which triggered the whole therapy thing. So, so him getting someone (laughs) new triggered your therapy, but the death of your friend didn't. I'm like, he literally killed your best friend and she continued the relationship. Like, I don't, I have no sympathy for this bitch. Fuck her. <laughs> Fuck she, you. She is the reason the case was solved, but also fuck her. It's one of those like, things where, like, she, she, like, I don't want to say she made up for it because she definitely didn't. No. But, like, she did the right thing in the end. Which, ugh, it still doesn't feel it right. It doesn't make that. up for any of the shit no, that you're, she did. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Fuck her. You're a, you're a bitch. <laughs> She's fuck right. You. Danielle was right. I yeah. <laughs> So Mark admitted to the affair, but claimed the rest was just lies made up by Deanne because she was bitter about his new family. Uh, The case was reopened anyways, and it was all downhill from there. In the evidence, detectives found three Polaroids that were taken by Detective Cox on the day of the murder. He'd actually forgotten he'd taken them because they didn't. Yeah. the, The fucking police work was really sloppy on this um so no one even looked at the polaroids before that moment but they turned into a key uh, piece of evidence like right away in the photos roger was laying the opposite direction than mark had told officers this would indicate that he was not on top of donna as mark had claimed but facing mark backing up into the other room away from him the whole case was blown wide open in that moment um In a later interview, Detective Cox expressed his disappointment in the team and himself for overlooking such a major piece of evidence. He made no excuse and he admitted that they closed the case far too quickly. Uh, He's since apologized to Roger Harrington's family, both privately and publicly, for the accusations against him. And uh, they actually publicly listed him as a victim of Mark Winger along with Donna um, because the documentary is so sad they interview roger's mom and she's like i feel so vindicated because i buried my son a killer everyone thought my son was a killer and now he's a victim and i can i can say that now um it's really sad um so in 2001 mark was arrested and placed in jail while he awaited trial for two counts of murder um donna's family along with mark's new wife rebecca (laughs) i wrote rachel again i fucking just like was half asleep writing this apparently um anyways they all showed up to the trial and they were somewhat in support of mark um watching the interviews was like a little bit hard because they they acknowledged that they knew how bad it looked for him and they even had their own doubts against him but they were just like that's our son like that's mark there's no way he did this but they like Knew they said they all it. knew in the back of their head, but they were still there for him. I See, couldn't I don't like that. that position. I couldn't. I couldn't. Because, like, you know what he did. Just because he's point, your son. so much evidence. Just because he's your son does not mean you have to support him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if that there, was my there's kid. There's so would, much evidence at this point. Yeah. Like, if that was my kid, or like if Stuart turns out to be like a murdering psychopath, which <laughs> he's not, but like, I would be like, fuck you. You're cut. That's You're it. like, that's yeah. like, are you serious? Like, so uh, Donna's mother was there also. Uh, she said she sat through the trial hoping something would point him to him being innocent, but they started to realize that that just wasn't going to happen. Uh, Rebecca had the hardest time out of everyone. She had given everything for this man, ado- adopting his child and creating a life with three more of their own. Now they had one more between that and the trial. Um, and she just couldn't believe that everything was falling apart around her. Uh, like her family described her as being like literally in a state of shock. Like she was like, Mm-hmm. like she didn't know what was going on they had to help her around the house a lot because she was just like confused all the time and stuff um but like i feel like this was a public case and i feel like she would know why he needs a nanny and needs help yeah and ugh, maybe i'm just uh, not emotional but like i also have no fucking sympathy for her either she she went like hella religious well so, so she was religious the whole time and uh the whole backstory here he was jewish and he like renounced denounced denounced his jewish faith for her and like converted to christianity whatever they whatever one she practiced yeah um 
So uh, I actually read an article that she did with her church, like prior to this, about how like she just felt like so broken because she really didn't know she had like blinders up, but then like God helped her through it and all that stuff. But reading oh, the first sweetie. half of it was uh, was gave good insight. She just straight up had what, what do we keep saying the rose colored glasses. Yeah, like she legit just didn't see it, and I don't. I will never understand how that happens, but apparently it happens a lot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Persecution claimed that Mark had lied from the very beginning, starting with his 911 call in which he denied knowing who the intruder was. They believe that Mark invited Roger to the house under the belief that they were going to talk about the incidents, and they had evidence to back this up. Uh, so Ray Duffy uh, owned the airport shuttle company. He testified that when Mark called to complain, he asked for Roger's personal phone number because he, quote, wanted to do- talk to with the driver direct about the incident. Uh, Ray provided it to him, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. Yeah, I was like, you can't <laughs> fucking do that. Um, and the conversation the roommate witnessed that day was between Roger and Mark. Uh, Roger had written a note with Mark's name and address and the time 4.30 p.m. written on it. And investigators found that note during the initial investigation and ignored that, too, for fucking I was going to say, um, that's like um, big evidence right there. Yeah. Like, you, I couldn't believe when I was reading that because the way I read the article is very much the way I'm, like, presenting it. So they didn't mention the note till like, the end, too. And I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so prosecution also noted that the hammer used in the murder belonged to mark who claimed that his wife had let it out as a reminder to hang their new hat rack um investigators found plenty of other potential weapons at roger's apartment including a crowbar so if he had gone to the winger's house to kill them why didn't he just bring one of the weapons he already had did he know that the hammer would just be out and ready for him and like um, honestly who the fuck just is like i want my husband to put up a hat rack whatever so i'm gonna put, leave a <laughs> hanger out no you're gonna t- fucking tell him to go put yeah, it up you're gonna insistently nag him until he yeah. does it. <laughs> it might be um, three years but like it'll get not- down eventually there's a shower curtain incident going right now with oh, me, me, carl it's been uh it's been a while I'm ours, getting testy. <laughs> ours is the hall light remember that i sent you the snap yeah of it blinking it's still blink he hasn't changed it yet no he doesn't want to get on a ladder he's too lazy <laughs> i i just am not tall enough to do the curtain rod. <laughs> And Carl's got an inch of height on me, so it works. <laughs> oh, my God. Just stand on, like, the edge of the tub. Um, I don't want to. I asked him to. <laughs> oh, fair. I mean, yeah. I just mean if you want it done. That's all. That's true. That's true. No, I want him to do it. There's a difference. Yeah, um, fair. So I'm also going to remind everybody here that there were no signs of forced entry at the home, meaning someone let him in. Yeah. So this is all pointing to Mark called Roger and invited him over. Um, I wonder if he, like, because they don't have, like, evidence of what he said i'm assuming on the call no but like maybe mark was like yeah let's let's play your game and do an orgy or something like that <laughs> you know what like, i have it's... no idea from from what i gather uh the roommate said he was like really excited and that they were gonna have a talk so i took that as like they were gonna apologize and like no i'm <laughs> but holy shit maybe he was like bro i'm in <laughs> yeah like that's how i see i shouldn't that. laugh at that because that's really sad but wow but, um like, how else like if someone was like i want to apologize for getting you fired it'd be like apologize to me on the phone i'm not coming yeah but he was oh my god that's so funny danielle <laughs> it makes sense god okay so more evidence um so on top of this remember when mark hung up on the 911 operator yeah um neighbors claimed to have heard a second gunshot go off about five minutes after the first one roger was found with two gunshot wounds despite mark claiming to only have shot him once persecution alleged that mark heard roger making noises and was worried he would survive so he hung up to shoot him once more at close range another piece of evidence that was overlooked um then there were the Polaroids. Mark's defense claimed that the paramedics had moved the bodies before the police arrived on scene, but the paramedics testified in court that this was false. Mark was fucked, and everybody knew it. After two weeks, a jury found Mark Winger guilty of two counts of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. Uh, it took Rebecca a while to come to terms with things, uh, but with lots of help, she ended up divorcing him uh, a little while after his sentencing. I mean, and chose to so. raise all of the children on her own including bailey who mark had adopted with donna rachel decided fucking hell rebecca decided to reintroduce donna's family to bailey after the trial and the family still get together for like holidays and birthdays and stuff to this day so i think that's really sweet i was like that's really nice 
Um, so Mark tried to have his sentence appealed, but in 2007, another bombshell ruined that for him. He was charged with a solicitation. Oh, God. Solicitation. <laughs> Having a lisp and doing a podcast was the worst decision of my entire fucking life. <laughs> um, of two murders from behind bars. Luckily, the murders didn't take place, but witnesses allege that Mark was in talks with another convicted killer within the prison and that he wanted Deanne Schultz killed for her role in the trial, along with another man named Jeffrey Gelman. Jeffrey was a friend of Mark's and Mark was pissed because Jeffrey refused to post bail for him when he was arrested back in 2001. So instead of an appeal, he was slapped with an additional 35 year sentence to ensure he never gets out of there. What the fuck? This guy sounds like a piece of work. Yep. And he still says he's innocent. Like, I saw an interview with him in prison where he's like, I didn't do this. I didn't ask people to kill anybody. I wouldn't kill my wife, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, bro. you did, though. Like, at what, point like do you, at what point do you get to where you just admit what you fucking did? That's what I thought to myself, too. It's like you're already in jail. And there's <laughs> so much, like, evidence against you. Like, you think you're just going to, like, every day say you're innocent and they're going to let you out? Like, that's that's exactly what it comes off as. If I just annoy the shit out of them, maybe they'll let me out. People are stupid. Like, But he is never fucking getting out. No. He's serving thankfully. two life sentences plus 35 years. And unfortunately, he's still kicking, but time will tell. <laughs> right, we can add him to our list. We can. He's on up. the shit list. That's for sure. Yeah. But that case blew my mind. Oh my God, there that's what so we should many... call it. The spooky what? hour shit list. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. All the people were going to beat up. Um, yeah, let's do that. That's what it's named. Spooky it's a joke list. at FBI agents listening to us. <laughs> but if you give me the opportunity to punch some of these people in the face, <laughs> I'm going to take it. If you need help in the interrogation room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll probably, like, that's probably not a bad idea, but, like, come on. <laughs> give me some like- leeway. <laughs> some people deserve it. Like, God. This guy deserves it. Yeah, like, he does. Hell. It, the whole like adopting the baby thing is what really did it for me because it's like, why did you, why did you go through that, you know? Yeah. And then just kill her. Like, what, what was the reason? He kept saying like, oh, if I wanted to like leave her, I would have just divorced her, blah, blah blah. But like, then why didn't you? That's like my exact thought with like stuff like this is like, if you wanted to leave this person so bad, why didn't you just leave? I know a lot of cases it's the religious aspect where like literally divorce is so frowned upon that they'd rather kill someone than divorce them. That's so that's fucked, fucked up. Fucked. Yeah, that's absolutely fucked. Um if your religion tells you that then I'm sorry it's not the right religion. Like No. Um that's, that's crazy. But I don't know. I believe that he is a sociopath of some sort and he is just so used to lying and people believing it that yeah. he's just that's it. That's just who he is. He's just a chronic liar. He ain't right, man. Yeah, he ain't right. Fuck that guy. And with that, have a fun week, guys. (laughs) Come hang out with us. Yeah, come hang out. Talk about this fucker and how we're all going to beat him up. Um, The Instagram is a spooky hour podcast. You can find us on Twitter at spooky hour. And the email is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com. Nailed it. All right. Nailed it. Nailed it. We're off for a good week, friends. We are. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.